0: You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au.
1: We at represent would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land.
2: Kids should go to school. That's what we're committed to. No originally, then I said yes, then I have said no and I'm stuck to it. I didn't need to do this. I've already done a lot of war for the election.
0: The English fought a civil war over this, bat- over this matter.
2: Don't deal with the nuance of the Canberra bubble. I don't know what to do with it. We have so much money. What we want is more learning in schools and less
1: activism in schools
0: controversial today,
1: but 30 years from now, your children, your grandchildren are going to be thankful that you stood up for what it was right.
2: Represent. Represent.
1: Represent. You're listening to Represent. You are listening to Represent.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome
1: back. We have been we were off the air on Tuesday, but it, we are very much back today with a special guest in the studio. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tim Reid.
2: Thanks, Bridie. It's fun to be here.
1: <laughs> it is. Um, so, yeah. We often start the show with um, asking about your week and your, well, usually we have a t- show on Tuesday where we chat about our weekends, but we didn't do the show on Tuesday, so you can talk about your whole week, including the weekend.
2: <laughs> so I snuck out of town on the weekend. Oh, beautiful. Oh, nice. And escaped to for 24 hours on the seaside, and I wasn't brave enough to actually swim, but it's I still
1: like, stared early November. at the sun
2: sparkling on the water and it was really good. And next time I'm back, I'm going to have to, I made a vow, I'm going to have to get in. Definitely. That's beautiful.
1: I mean, that's the time for it. Yeah. And then that's... busy week, I hear.
2: Yeah, there's <laughs> always a lot on. Mm. Uh, I was at a Palestine rally outside the Coburg Town Hall where Mary Beck Council was about to decide whether to fly the Palestinian flag, so it was good to be able to speak there and mm. and suggest that they do fly the flag. Yeah. Uh, and because one thing about the whole Israel-Palestine saga, 75 years of it, is that there's been a, a real blind spot towards the the future for the Palestinian people, and one way to deal with a blind spot is to fly a flag. Definitely. It's a good show of solidarity, I think.
1: How was your week, Freddie? Yeah,
0: my week was my week was busy. Yeah. My, my week was a bit busy. Um, you know, I feel like you know everyone's gotten over the uni end of uni burnout now. I think so. Speak now for we're yourself. all well. <laughs> Bridie finished a week after me, um, so she had it a bit tougher. But, um, so it's just sort of been hanging out with a lot of mates and we're all celebrating the end of uni. I did a little karaoke night with some friends on oh, Wednesday night, which was what's fun.
1: What's your go-to
0: karaoke song? My go-to karaoke song. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't have one, but me and my friend, the backstory is me and my friend in year 10 for our media class, we made a music video for the Tears for Fears song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. So we sung that good again, song. which was, it's a great song. Um, so we sung that and our group went really hard on Mamma Mia as well, which oh, was yeah. like really unexpected. But yeah, Hi. it was, it was a good week. What about yourself, Brady?
1: Um, I feel like I had something on every day, but it hasn't been too busy. I just had, like, some barbecue with some neighbours. Like, a couple of my friends still had their recitals, so I went along Mm. to those. Um, I had a rehearsal for an orchestra that I'm playing in, and then I'm actually going to Mamma Mia tonight with my
0: mum for her birthday. Oh, nice. Happy yeah. birthday to your mum, yeah. who well, of course has donated at givenow.com.au forward slash save sin. We're fundraising <laughs> at the moment to save the station. I think, As
1: you can see around yeah, us everywhere. Yeah, we've a lot of posters.
0: <laughs> um, is it, Next week's the last week of I fundraising, so. I believe. Yeah,
1: I think you're right.
0: Um, so if you haven't got around it yet, definitely get around it. We're at 55k at the moment. Last time I checked, I checked yesterday. Yeah, same. Um. Final push and of course tomorrow we have another big twenty four hour marathon broadcast.
1: We do. We yep. just can't get rid of sin. <laughs> you, you,
0: the the bank account can try, but we cannot be taken down. Exactly. But um so tune into that. We're on at five fifteen. Yeah. But speaking of the weekend, of course, tomorrow we have a bit of a renters' rally going on, and of course the Greens have
1: Another good um, segue.
0: <laughs> a good, thank you. The master of segues. Um, the Greens have sort of been positioning themselves as a bit of a renters' party this year. So tell us a little bit about the rally tomorrow.
2: Yeah, so thank you, Freddie, because we want not just renters, but people who care about renters, to show up, if at all possible, on the corner of Smith Street and Gertrude Street, Saturday, tomorrow, at 1pm. So that's the corner of Smith and Gertrude. And we'll be hearing from... Adam Bant and Gabrielle DeVietri, the state member for Richmond.
1: Adam Bant, who's been ignoring our emails. <laughs> oh,
2: oh! <laughs> I'll put in a word for you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> so, uh,
0: but
2: but very we'll, smooth, Bridie. <laughs> in fact, in fact, come along, Bridie, to the rally, and you can put in a word for, yeah, yeah. for yeah. us. There we go. Of, there we go. Uh, and I even saw some publicity saying bring a pot and a wooden spoon. So I hope oh. I'm not giving anything away, but it could be a loud rally and uh, but why it's because every year there are more and more renters and fewer homeowners and more people who own a lot of homes and inequality has been growing in Australia for decades really but it's really clear when you look at where people live and whether they own it or not and that's what's Really separating out the haves and the have nots. And it's also become clear with the growing number of renters that rents are just uh, going crazy the last couple of years and it's just exploitative renting. The landlords, not all landlords, but too many, are just using it as a cash cow and they're treating it investment and not thinking for five minutes as to whether or not they're providing an essential service, which they are. Mm. And so the message from the rally tomorrow, and this is why we need as many people as possible to come along and bring your mums and dads and everybody, is that renters are not just humans, they're your next door neighbours. They're people who need to be looked after and who that people may well be renting for the rest of their lives, and they deserve a quality of life and security of accommodation. And without that, we have a growing inequality crisis.
0: Absolutely,
2: Absolutely. yeah. I'm,
1: we're so in sync. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, in an ideal world where you've got final say on whatever you want what would be the protections you'd put in place?
2: Well, short term, we've been calling for a rent freeze, not because it's going to solve the crisis, but because it's going to stop people exploiting vulnerable renters. Right now, too many people are contacting my office, and earlier you said the Greens are positioning ourselves as a renters' party. Sure, but that's not why we're doing it. People are contacting my office and other Greens MPs' offices and probably other offices from other parties saying... I've just had a rental increase. Uh, The last one I heard was five hundred dollars a week up to five hundred and eighty dollars a week. That's sixteen percent, but the house didn't get sixteen percent better. Mm. Right? That's just prices don't go up by sixteen percent all at once. Absolutely. That's a that's a rent hike. Mm. That's someone saying, "Hey, I can make a bit of money out of this," and so rather than using the current lack of rental availability as a profit-making opportunity, we need we need landlords to understand that they're providing an important service and creating homelessness should not just be a side effect of their investment plans. So that's why we a short-term response is a rent freeze and beyond that, obviously a rent freeze isn't going to last forever, but beyond that, some ongoing rent control. Definitely.
0: Absolutely. And um, So Victoria was of course one of the first states as well to introduce an Airbnb tax, which was quite interesting, and this week WA announced an incentive to convert short-term rentals to long-term rentals, which was quite interesting. So do you think sort of, sort of the downscaling of the short-term rental market is going to have a big play in this
2: as well? We would like to see some really decisive measures Uh, applied to short-term rentals and we're really talking about short-stay Airbnb type accommodation where people might come and stay for three days or a week. Those houses are often empty for long periods of the year and then when they're occupied they're making so much money that that pays for the time that they're empty. It's great for tourists but it's and it's fine for the landlord but it's a waste of a vital resource so what a lot of cities around the world are doing are imposing limits on the number of days per year you can have a property as an airbnb so that if a property is available for a month or two you can put it on airbnb but if it's available for longer than that then it should be on the long-term rental market so a lot of cities use 90 days i think in new south wales it's 180 days some cities around the world have banned it entirely and this wouldn't apply to say just a couple of bedrooms in, your, in the house where you're living in the other end of the house, they shouldn't have limits. That should, that's a great incentive to use extra space. Mm-hmm. But for a whole separate property, we right now we don't have enough properties to waste them on Airbnb and so we need really tough regulation that will push those houses into the market. We're not convinced that a modest tax is going to do that. We think that a, a limit on the number of days per year is going to be more effective.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so something I'm, I did a bit of reading um, and I learnt this about you is that you've actually rafted down the Franklin River um, with your family. Yeah. Um, I this is kind of interesting to me because I watched the Bob Brown film that came out last year, um, and I was wondering was that inspired by you know the movement to save the Franklin?
2: it probably was i the first time i went down was just after straight after i finished uni yeah right uh and i think maybe i'd been a doctor for one year or something like that but i was pretty much fresh out of uni and showing my age here not long after the franklin had been saved so and they literally just started doing commercial rafting down the franklin and uh it was mind-blowing it had been raining heavily The river was very high. I remember seeing treetops under the water. Wow. And spending a bit of time hanging on to the edge of the raft while I was actually outside it. It was (laughs) really exciting. Yeah. Uh, And then I went down again uh, about five years ago with my then 17-year-old son. And uh, much... The water was lower, sunny... It was a much more chilled experience Mm. and both times fantastic. And I'd really, if you don't mind in a plastic bag and you've got to carry that out with you, uh, they really look after the river, these two are companies. Um, <laughs> then, you know, apart from that, I highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, right. So it's not for the weak stomach. <laughs> That's right.
2: Well, either that or it's character building.
1: Yeah, very true. <laughs> Take um, someone who
0: needs to be humbled on yeah.
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that should be a represent, Re- represent trip. Represent
0: trip, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Cheaper than Canberra, maybe?
0: Probably, I guess.
1: <laughs> So, um, with the climate, um, maybe not so fun, but we're seeing a lot about our 2030 targets in the news. Do you think we're going to meet
2: those? I'm increasingly worried, and there's lots of different targets, Mm. but um, one of the targets that the federal government has announced is is that Australia should be running on 82% renewable energy by 2030, which is actually better than I expected from Labor. The only problem is it's not looking like we're going to get there. And so what we need is a really serious build in renewable energy and in the transmission lines that connect up the sunny paddocks in the north of Victoria with the city in the south, right, with Mm. Melbourne, Mm. uh, to, to pipe that electricity to our homes. So probably the biggest barrier at the moment to getting Victoria off coal... Is uh, the lack of adequate high-voltage power lines to to get renewable energy to Melbourne, yeah, and, right. and and a yeah. resulting lack of investment in in renewable energy, yeah, absolutely. Exactly.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of coal, I guess the Greens recently got uh, twenty-four hundred signatures, I believe it was, so. um, to that would allows you to sort of
2: petition the new coal development in Parliament. What was that process like? Yeah. So. This, getting the signatures was amazing, right? I would stand at a tram stop or with some volunteers outside a supermarket or whatever, we'd have our clipboard and we'd go up to people and say, uh, would you like to sign a petition to stop a new coal project? And and we'd start talking about the coal project and they'd stop us and grab the clipboard and sign, right? <laughs> wow. It was, it was like giving away hot scones. It was fantastic. Very strong public response, obviously. Strong public response in... Brunswick, North Fitzroy and so on Uh, and but also other MPs across Victoria reported a similar story so there's a lot of public support for getting off coal and so there should be in this this particular project is a let's turn coal into hydrogen kind of project which is not a clean way to source hydrogen in this case they, they hope to pump the C- the resulting CO2 underneath Bass Strait. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? It's yes. <laughs>
1: an interesting decision,
2: that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a dodgy project and it's risky, but it's also kind of selling the idea that there's a future in coal when really I think there's a growing consensus we just need to get off coal yesterday, if not sooner, and we actually have a dirty secret in Victoria. We are burning over 100,000 tonnes of brown coal, the most polluting kind of coal, every single day, and if 100,000 tonnes sounds like a sort of a vague number and you can't picture it, think of a train, a coal train that's 20 kilometres long.
0: Mm.
2: 20 kilometres long, that's a train, that's a lot of carriages. So, it's yeah. a fair
1: big, fairly big size train. <laughs> it's
2: more than 1,000 carriages, and yeah. <laughs> that train is what we burn every day in Victoria. Yeah. So, My God. so we've got a way to go. It's doable, we've got all the technology we need, and we just need a government that says, Rado folks, we've got an emergency, we need to mobilise.
1: Yeah, well Mm we see so much public support for all sorts of different climate action. What point, will there be a tipping point for the government do you think that will change their perspective?
2: I, I think it's going to take a few things, but one of them is big crowds. So the biggest climate crowd I can recall was a student strike for climate in about 2019, pre-COVID. That was one hell of a rally in Melbourne. And I think that would have had more of an effect. And it was followed, of course, by the terrible fires not long Mm. after. Had we not had COVID, I think that would have grown. Mm. And it's not too late, but it is definitely a lot more urgent to get that moving again. Which brings us to another segue, doesn't it, Bridie? Which Great is. segue. I was hoping yeah, we would get there. There we go. <laughs> is, it, is it Friday next week? The
0: seventeenth. Yes, the seventeenth yes, at one pm in was it Flagstaff, Flagstaff Gardens. Gardens? Yeah, that's right. Student strike. Student strike. School strike for climate. Yep. Yeah. So and get around it.
1: We are youth involved in we are. <laughs> politics, and that is youth involvement involved in politics as well. So
2: absolutely. You know. So get I around heard. it. Okay, so that's I think showing up to that or sending your parents or something uh, would, or both is really important and if you can't make it on Friday there'll be more but getting involved in pretty much any climate action group of any description whether it's Friends of the Earth or your local climate action group in the neighbourhood there's a lovely group up around Coburg called NUCA Neighbours United for Climate Action and there's Climate Action <laughs> Moreland in the Brunswick area and Climate Action Darabin and it, uh, no decan darabin climate action now i think mm-hmm. and so on it just it goes on and on and on but getting involved and for the the serious nerds who finished uni and want something to do on wednesday afternoon next week that petition we talked about got enough signatures to force a debate in the upper house on that dirty coal to hydrogen project so mm-hmm. 5 p.m victorian parliament I think if you want to go, actually physically turn up and watch the debate, you want to show up at about twenty to five, I think, and okay. get through security and all that sort of stuff. Hey, and go and
1: hang out with Matt Bark, yeah, <laughs> who's come <laughs> on the show a
0: few times. Oh, good on you. Yeah. Um, um, well, I guess there have been a lot of protests recently about climate. So, of course, there has been quite a big public outcry. Do you think
2: Labor are really hearing it? Look, I think they are. The problem is they're hearing other voices as well. Right? Mm. And, then, and what are those voices? Well, I think that donors. So, unfortunately, the Federal Labor Party is accepting donations from coal and gas, and there seems to be no limit to the amount of coal mines that Tanya Plibersek's approving. Mm. Uh, well, there's some limit. At least we managed to get some of those knocked off with the sustainability mechanism uh, in return for our vote there. But we, we need Labor to move a lot further and a lot faster. On climate action not just coal and gas donors I actually think some of the unions unfortunately are pushing them as well on jobs Mm. and we clearly need a just transition a fair transition for coal workers but that's not beyond us there's not actually that many jobs in coal and gas they're not big employers the number of people actually mining coal in Victoria that hundred thousand tons a day I talked about Mm. is tiny there's very few people actually mining it, and there's probably fewer than 2,000 involved in burning it, mining it, generating all that electricity, tops. Yeah. And so, funding an adequate transition for coal workers in Victoria and beyond uh, is not out of our our limit. It's it's definitely doable.
1: Totally. Yeah. Um, how can we make the city, particularly the CBD, but also you know places like your electorate, you know, Brunswick and Darabin and everything. How can we make it all more accessible for cyclists, for public transport? Basically, how can we get cars out of all these places?
2: Obviously, that's a big part of climate action, you know, and (laughs) sustainability. It's important because we are actually burning less coal and gas, but transport emissions are going up. And so this is really important. And I want to reassure the listeners that I did not tell Brady to ask that question or know no. she was going to ask it, but this is a really uh, kind of hot issue for me. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been a bit of a bike activist for a while and I think I want to give the CBD or the City of Melbourne a shout out because that they've probably been the best municipality, them and the City of Yarra at promoting Represent. at <laughs> promoting <laughs> uh, cycling and, and building separated bike infrastructure to protect bike riders from cars so they really are leading the way but we've got i don't know nearly 80 local government areas across victoria and one state government and i I was looking at some figures the other day and in the 2022-23 new south wales state budget under the conservatives they budgeted 950 million dollars for active transport that's Bikes and walking.
1: It's funny you mentioned that. Sorry to interrupt, because when there was the cabinet reshuffle, we were so confused about what a public and active transport yes, minister does. Yes, yeah, we
2: discussed this
0: on the show. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, <it> just <laughs> walks around the desk before she signs a document. But, um, <laughs> no, we'll come to that. But I just want to do this comparison: nine hundred fifty million bucks from the conservatives over four years for active transport, Victoria, so called progressive, fifty-two million. Wow. wow so, okay. Five percent. So. The, the state government can and should be doing a whole lot more in building bike paths, separated bike lanes, bike bridges, velo ways. And a lot of what they spend is just fancy little velo ways bolted onto the side of big car projects, level crossing removals and so on, which is fine for what it is, but we need some standalone stuff. And I'm I'm hopeful, I'm ever optimistic, that this announcement that we've now got a public and active transport minister, active transport being basically bikes and walking, might signal a shift in priorities. I hope it does, and it's not just, you know, some spin. Yeah. But, I, I look, I I've have great respect for the minister, Gabrielle Williams. I think that she'll be genuine. I'm just a little concerned that sometimes the women get put in charge only when the money's run out. But, uh, and that applies potentially to the Premier as well. Nevertheless, uh, there's a lot they can do. And let's face it, bike infrastructure is a lot cheaper than motorways.
1: Definitely.
0: Absolutely. Well, Um, just speaking of bike infrastructure, there there was a lot of controversy in the Marybank Council area about the separated bike lanes. Oh, my God. (laughs) So (laughs) I feel
2: like you've got a lot to say, so go ahead. Well,. Uh, there, there are a couple of separated bike lanes being planned, but let's just take a step back and uh, comment that Mary Beck has not been great on, on separated bike lanes. There's one separated bike lane in my electorate of Brunswick, and it's less than a kilometre. Uh, but, you know, to their credit, some staff at Mary Beck decided to put a separated bike lane in Pasco Vale and Kent Road a few years ago, and uh, it got built... It's just, note, 300 metres... But, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I mean, you know, yeah. blink and you miss it. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: uh, but uh, some people with... And, and I was at an a, an active transport event that we held in my electorate last night. And, and one of the locals from the, the Marybeck Bicycle Users Group said... That during lockdown there were a small number of people up there who essentially weaponised this, and they, they had too much time on their hands and ran a, a very concerted campaign and, and managed to turn a lot of people against it, and created such a controversy that it became the AstraZeneca of Pasco Vale, and, and <laughs> That's so a funny name. It's, That's great. it's a so the the council voted against the Greens' wishes to rip it out. Then there was a. Recision motion which reversed it and one of the socialists kind of belatedly changed her mind and it was kept in and then there was another rescission motion uh a couple of days ago and it's being ripped out again fortunately wow. <laughs> fortunately there is another separated bike lane going in in my electorate in DeKal street which runs parallel and close to sydney road uh council doesn't control sydney road they've previously said they want to see a separated bike lane on sydney road i've been campaigning hard but the state government has their fingers firmly in their ears when it comes to Sydney Road. Nevertheless, we're going to keep working on it.
1: Yeah, ever, ever optimistic. Um, keep
0: pushing, Keep never give up.
1: Yeah, we won't keep you too much longer, but I'd love to know what the transition was like from being a doctor to being a politician.
2: Yeah, uh, it was really interesting because I used up all my long service leave on the campaign mm. and ran out, and the problem was on the Saturday night of election night in November 2018, I didn't know if I was elected or not. In fact, it was so close that Labor had kind of claimed victory, Yeah. but then towards the end of the night, it was looking like a dead heat. Uh, I went back to work uh, expecting I might have to see patients. They Fortunately, they cancelled my patients for Monday morning, and <laughs> I was kind of trying not to look at the... VEC website every 15 minutes, and it took till about the Wednesday of that week before I was becoming pretty clear I was going to get elected. Um, So, I'm a politician now. In many ways, though, there's remarkable similarities. People come to you and complain to you about all kinds of problems, (laughs) uh, some of which you can fix, some of which you've got no idea what they are, some of which you can give a fancy name to, and um, (laughs) a lot of which you have to refer to a a specialist. So, you know, there's there's not a lot of differences, and, and it has been said that in both jobs I did, do end up looking at a lot of dicks all day. But you know, that <laughs> I, I think the, um, you know, the, there are also some differences in terms of, um, obviously, the people you're working with, your colleagues, aren't there necessarily to try and help you. Uh, but one great similarity, though, is that there is this kind of sense of trying to improve public health, which does come across in state politics, and I use health in that very broad sense, not just, not COVID, right? Uh, But, but, uh, you know, things like making the state work better, making things function better, and in my case, uh, let's talk about public transport. If we could get more people using public transport, that would actually lead to more walking. Mm. You know, you, you end up having to use your legs getting to the tram stop or getting from... you know the station to work and so on Hmm. there's a lot of incidental exercise that goes into using public transport and it gets uh transport emissions down it means cleaner air and so on so there's a lot of a lot of uh state politics is public health yeah so there are a lot of similarities
1: yeah
2: but i haven't written a prescription for five years well, wow. that must be nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really good. Well, Freddie, do you
1: want to ask our trademark question? I was, was
0: going to say this is a represent classic that we have on the show. We ask all of the politicians that come on. And we it's ask always, everyone
1: that comes on. Not they, just the yeah, politicians. that's
0: true, actually. Um, and it's always so interesting to hear the answers for all the young people out there who are interested in getting into politics, becoming a politician. How would you recommend they go about that? Well,
2: first of all, do it. Don't don't <laughs> be afraid, and don't write yourself off. Right. Uh, you don't need to be, and it probably helps if you're not, an expert in politics. What counts is that you're more of an expert in life. And I think, so I don't think you need to rush out if you don't want to and join a political party, although, hey, the Greens is always looking for members. <laughs> but, uh, you know, get a, but the most important thing is get a day job. Don't, don't rush into, uh, politics as soon as you're out of uni expecting that there's a career there for you. I think politics is changing. The primary vote for major parties is falling. It means that we're less likely to have safe seats that you can you know, identify and capture for a career. And I think that if you're a teacher or a working in a hospital or a doctor or a you know engine driver you you've got a job you've got a a source of income because let's face it if you run for politics chances are you're going to lose uh well that's
1: actually um we had john pesuto on earlier he (laughs) ran four or five times before he got elected
2: the first time yeah i've got a couple of silver medals too so (laughs) i think um uh you know having a a meal ticket a way of earning an income is very important and and it also helps you get a sense of what's important what what you should be valuing in your own life and and in other people's so i think that's far more important than you know detailed specialized training in politics
1: yeah well, I think that's Perfect. a great, very detailed answer. So yeah. I feel like I should just write a little guide for everyone who's. We, we should you know, make a book at the Twitter. end of
0: the year, maybe, and like, oh, compile all of the all answers, answers for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the... I'd definitely subscribe to that. <laughs> that yeah. is actually
1: a really good idea. <laughs> the
0: Definitive Politician's Guide to Getting into Politics. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Well,
1: I'm not sure that's going to be the final title. <laughs> that should be the title. It can be a working title.
0: At least it'll get Sin some money. Speaking of, givenow.com.au <laughs> yeah, forward slash yeah. save sin. But, um,. Tim Reid, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And, of course, renters, uh, the Renters Rally tomorrow, 1pm, corner, corner of Gertrude and Gertrude. Gertrude. Yep, yeah. that's right. And also School Strike for Climate next Friday. Flagstaff. Also 1pm at Flagstaff Gardens. Flagstaff. Get around yeah. it.
1: Yeah. We can go to that and then come straight to the show.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Right. Thank you both.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming. Thank you so we'll much. we some songs on, and we will be back with more Represent soon.
0: You've been listening to a Syn Media podcast where young people run the show.